Hey everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today I have a very special guest, Tony Collier. Tony was born and raised in Houston, Texas. Shortly after graduating with a business degree from Sam Houston State University, Tony moved to Atlanta, the city she now calls home, and spends most of her time loving on her husband, Sam, and daughter, Dylan. Tony kills illusions. She confronts the hard things. She takes challenges head on. Then she takes on your challenges too. With a degree in business logistics and entrepreneurship and a license in ministry, she has used her talents to help ministries, leaders, and nonprofits in the areas of student ministry, creative marketing, leadership, innovation, strategic planning, and peacemaking. She is a speaker, a host, a teacher, and a faith advocate. She's had the opportunity to proudly stand on stages like North Point Community Church, Chick-fil-A, Orange Conference, and MomCon. She also leads a women's ministry brand called Broken Crayons Steel Color, a safe space for broken but hopeful women. She's here to re-inspire confidence in your own potential. And in this digital age of anxiety, Tony is teaching women all over the country that you can be young and a boss, and you can be broken and worthy. She doesn't want you to just face your demons. She wants you to quash the illusion of your brokenness so you can live the most colorful life possible. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. MSE Podcast is dedicated to talking about the hard stuff and facilitating the conversations necessary for growth, healing, transformation, and genuine community. Now it's your turn. My hope is that you finish this episode feeling empowered to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck available at bygracenp.com. May these cards inspire you to speak out and be heard, and may you be authentically embraced for the uniqueness of your journey. Tony, I'm so excited to have you on the show to share your journey and to inspire not just women, but anyone who tunes in to this episode I'm first of all excited to have you on and just thank you for being a part. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so grateful to be here. I know it's going to be great. I'm excited about your platform and all that you're offering. So it's going to be great. All right. So um, you have adopted the phrase broken crayons still color. And um, I'm sure that your journey, the experiences that you've gone through have played a huge role in that becoming a reality for you and more so a message that you feel inspired to share to others. So if you could just take us through your journey, whatever you would like to share about your journey. Um, I know you have gone through abuse, trauma, divorce. I mean, it's, it's a lot that you have gone through. Um, and so if, if there's anything specific that you'd like to share about your journey, and how that led you to this realization that broken crayons do color. 
man, um, it has been a crazy journey. I would say for the first 25 years of my life, or 24 years really, I just had just one traumatic situation, one abusive situation after the other. Um, growing up in elementary school, I grew up with a blended family, three older brothers, two of which were, had different moms, one had a different dad than I. Mm. Um, we, you know, we, we were close-knit, it, you know, we were blended, but my mom got really sick. She had a massive stroke, and mm. it just kind of split our family up really early on. I was in third grade. Um, and so I had two brothers that went to live with their moms, um, and then my mom's son, he just crumbled. Um, his dad OD'd, and so mm-hmm. he'd already had some trauma for the past, and so that just kind of left me taking care of my mom while my dad worked, um, and it was hard. Uh, mm-hmm. My counselor today says that I suffered from parentified child syndrome, and long story short, it's, it's pretty much this idea that there's a curve that we experience as kids with their parents where the parents are their primary caretaker, and then there's a point in our lives around 25 to 35 where we begin to assume the role as parents for our, for our parents. Gotcha. And so we hit that curve very early on. Wow. The stroke went on the paralyzing left side. And so what that resulted in is me not feeling safe, mm-hmm. um, feeling a deeply rooted sense of abandonment, a lack of nurturing, as well as just growing up way too quickly. Gotcha. And so we had that going on, and then my dad, unfortunately, was really verbally abusive. It's just the way that his father brought them up, mm-hmm. whipping, spanking, not really present because he had to work all the time. Um, and so it was just a uh, really hard childhood. Well, all that growing up quickly, all of that animosity and lack of nurturing turned into me just self-protecting and numbing. Mm-hmm. And so when I was 13, lost my opportunity to a much older guy who was sexually manipulative. And wow. So I was kind of living this double life of, you know, taking care of my mom and being everything for everyone at school, trying to chase after just accolades and performance and get praise from people through cheerleading and acting and debate team and dance team and all the other things. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, getting with this guy and sneaking out in the middle of the night and going to be with him. And my parents found out, really lost their trust and there's a lot of tension there. They try yeah. to re-enter my life as uh, parents, and I just rejected them, honestly, wow. because I was no, I raised myself. You guys need to go on somewhere. So yeah. I ended up leaving the house at 16. Wow. I went on an early graduation track with my high school and did my junior and senior year in the same year and literally left, put myself through college, applied for everything, did my own FAFSA, and wow. put myself through college. Um then went to college and just went, fuck, wild, okay? <laughs> all the weed, all the alcohol, just went crazy, man. So much freedom and so much, yeah, I just had this mindset that I was an adult and I could do it myself and yeah. messed around with a lot of guys, didn't really date in college, was really focused on accolades, I was supposed to go to law school, ended up going through college in three years and graduating at 19 and I was supposed to be law school, but a boy came around again and my validation thing pinged up against me and so I took my law school money, the grants and stuff that I had gotten, and moved me and this guy from Texas to Georgia, and wow. to Georgia, and um, ended up just being a really toxic situation with verbal abuse, even more verbal abuse, and doors without the hinges, holes in the wow. walls, and it was just super hard, uh, but in the midst of it, we found a church home, thankfully, and I got saved at 21, and mm-hmm. started volunteering with the youth, and just turned my entire life around. 
And wow. so while I was in that abusive situation, we ended up getting married. Um, I still was just pursuing God really heavy and praying that everything would get better. And so I became a youth volunteer and a youth director and a youth pastor. Just crazy, still crazy. Stopped smoking, you know, trying to clean up my life, but still really just being used by God in, in such an incredible way. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up getting pregnant, having my little girl. And a couple years, a year or so after we had her, I just really could not stay in the marriage anymore. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. We were on WIC and food stamps and totally broke. And I was the only one working for a year or so. And it was just really, really dark. And so I've, I've left the marriage and um, ended up transitioning out of the church as well. I searched for there, a lot of spiritual manipulation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Finally, at 24 years old, I'm like, okay. I got a little bit of freedom in my life, and so got a, a new job working for Girl Scout Corporate. Didn't think I was going to go back into ministry anymore. Thought I was just going to, you know, work for this nonprofit, Girl Scout Corporate. And God was like, nah, player. Like, I still <laughs> want to use you, even in the midst of your brokenness. Yeah. And that's kind of when the broken crayon still color talk happened. Okay. Um, sorry, some of the alarm went off. That's kind of when the broken crayon talk happened. Uh, I had to speak at this middle school, and it was just incredible. And God kind of laid this message of hope in the middle of brokenness and being used and purpose right in the middle of pain, just right on my lap. And so I just started doing this talk, and I ended up getting connected with North Point Community Church in Atlanta under the leadership of Andy Stanley. And God was like, get back up there. I still want to use you. I'm going to use you after the divorce. I want to use you after the abuse. Wow. But also, you guys will get healthy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Side to it. Absolutely. So, went into counseling every single week for two years and um, did some trauma treatment. And after really getting healed, I just felt a release from the Lord to say, go take this message and go tell the rest of the world that I'm still in the business of using my broken and imperfect people. Yeah. And so, go do it. And so, that's how we ended up there. And that's how we ended up here with a team of uh, five incredible women leading the charge and this women's ministry, this message of hope. Yeah. That's amazing. That is, wow, just so inspiring and at such a young age. I mean, and I'm just listening at this because I'm 21. Um, I'll be 22 next month. Um, So just to hear like all that you had gone through um, around my age, you know, (laughs) you know, around my age is just, um, it's just so inspiring. And I'm so glad to know that um, that God was with you throughout that entire experience and just using some things that, I mean, did drive you away from, from the church and from ministry, but it wasn't enough to keep you from returning. And I just love how God doesn't, even when we turn away from ministry or the church or whatever it is, um, he doesn't call us back empty handed. Like he doesn't just call us back um, to experience the same hurt that we experienced when we left, but he kind of gives you a new perspective on it so that when you return, you know, you just have this new drive per se. Um, So I just really appreciate that he was able to use all of the trauma, all of the negative, which is seen in scripture, um, but that he was able to use all of that and that became a reality for you. And I think it's a testament to a lot of people that when it says that he works all things together for good or that what 
was meant for evil, God turned it for good. That that's actually a reality and that it can happen no matter how dark the situation looks. Yeah. 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 It's so real. He's, you know, he's in the business of restoration. And I think one of the things that I, this is just really my story, but one of the things that I took away from that experience is that it's important for us to have, you know, faith-based community if we, if, if we decided to pursue God and Christianity and salvation. Yeah. Um, but that really just can't be it. I think exactly. the reason why I was able to come back to the church is because I was more focused on a relationship with God Absolutely. than religion within four walls. Absolutely. And yeah, man, I just, I, I, I hope that people would begin to pursue God personally yes. before they pursue him corporately. And corporate, there's nothing wrong with corporate worship. Absolutely. And I think that there are some people that need that. But I think that there is this this kind of hinging point where we just it has to be just us and him, mm-hmm. and, and that we can sustain through everything the world throws our way. So because yeah. just so like he's so loving and good like that. Yeah, yeah, and that has to be the foundation. And I think especially yeah. during this time, like you never know what will happen. Like churches may sure. have to meet virtually. Churches may, you know, and so if you're depending on that physical. You know, like you said, corporate worship, which nothing's wrong with it again. But if that is right. if that is what your faith is standing on, then, I mean, it's not going to stand, you know, during difficult times or um, just personal circumstances may keep you from physically being at at a local church. Um, and so when you have that personal relationship, it just adds a different dynamic that no matter where you are your relationship with God stands sure it stands firm you know there's nothing that can um that can stop that and I I definitely think that's important and just developing a personal relationship where you can talk to God for yourself because I think also when we get into the the corporate worship um we often get too dependent upon other people telling us what God is saying and what he believes about us and, and what he he says about us, um, that we don't take the time to hear him for ourselves. And that's one of the greatest things about having a personal relationship with God is that even if no one is in your ear, you know, prophesying or telling you, you know, something encouraging, you have that relationship with God that he can tell you no matter where you are. And it's, it's these difficult conversations that we have to have. You didn't set your trauma aside and then pursue God. No, you, like you brought your trauma to him. And I think yeah. that's, that's what we all need to practice. Um, not thinking that we have to, you know, take our dirty shoes off at the door, you know, and, and then come in. But he wants to deal with all of that. And I just, I'm just so grateful at how, like you said, loving he is and just how present he is with us and having that personal relationship and taking that time to develop that will remind you that you're not alone, you know, and people may tell you, oh, well, that can't be used by God. That's, that's too messed up. That's too out there. And, um, but God says, says otherwise, and um, I'm just, I'm just really encouraged by your story and um, just your message. And I believe that it will, it will touch a lot of people. Um, so first of all, thank you for just sharing all of that and just your transparency yeah. in general. I think is one thing that 
um, really inspired me. I had discovered your profile on Instagram a few years ago, and I was just really in awe of your transparency, and it just connected with me on a deep level because I hadn't really seen that level of transparency within a religious community. And um, I felt like it touched me on a, on a deep level and that someone could, could actually relate <laughs> and wasn't just going to say, you know, well, you know, use the cliches just to, you know, brush over my trauma or how I felt. Um, and, yeah. you know, that's something that drew me to your ministry. Um, so I just I want to tell you personally, your ministry is touching a lot of people. And I just so happen to be one of those. Um but I would like to ask, yeah. um, why do you believe that brokenness should be celebrated? Oh, man, that's a good question. I love that question. Um, I, you, people ask me, what do you talk about? What do you, what do, you do? I'm like, I talk about brokenness. They're like, okay, <laughs> transition out of the conversation now. Um, so, I, you know, I think 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 kind of just like gives it to us straight up and down. Um, and just to give, like, context, it's, for those of you that, that are listening, it's like, okay, great, what, what's this little scripture thing? Um, but you got Paul, this uh, one of the disciples, one of the, the greatest prophets in the Bible that wrote really pretty much over half of the New Testament, and he was, like, real crazy. So mm-hmm. he um, started off as one of the first people to ever see someone be crucified for their belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that day on, he was like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. Like, I'm going to rip families apart that believe in Christianity, arrest people, kill people, sentence them to death because mm-hmm. they believe in this, like, new Messiah. And God has this moment with him because really early on we see in the Bible that Paul, whose name is to be Saul, was this guy who really had a lot of, like, like influence. Like, he just... He had one of those personalities that could just galvanize people, and he was so, like, boastful and unashamed of what he believed in. God was like, oh, snap, like, I can really use that for the kingdom. Yeah. And so God pursued him, and he was like, hey, this is the way I want you to go. And he has this moment with God where he, he becomes blind, and he goes to this camp, and someone walks into the tent that he's staying in, and... He said, he's like all nervous. He's like, hey, Paul, God told me to tell you this. And Paul becomes unblind. Um, and then from that day on, he decides to like fully pursue Christianity and Jesus. Well, when he started saying that to people, the disciples, the other disciples, the, I mean, all the people that believed in Jesus was like, Paul, mm-hmm. like, excuse me, are you talking about the crazy guy that was like killing people that believed exactly. in Exactly. Like, are you saying that this man is now choosing the horn for Jesus, and I'm supposed to, like, follow him and help him go and spread the gospel? Yep. And God's like, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I used this broken man who I saw something powerful in to do my good works. And mm-hmm. that's, like, the image or the this, like, design that Paul carries throughout the Bible. Like, mm-hmm. bro, you don't think God could use you? Like, look at what he did for me. Like, I didn't even believe I was literally bullying people yeah. that believed this way, and then now look at me now. Yeah. Well, he carries this this message all the way 
into some of the churches that he built in different cities, and he helped to plant churches like in places like Corinth. Um, and, you know, he would start them up, and he would be there with them, and then he would leave and just kind of check on them and monitor them. And so there's one of the churches that started boasting. They became real boastful. Mm-hmm. The Old Testament way is we can keep these laws, and we can kill it, and if we follow these laws, and if you follow these laws, and if you get circumcised, and if you do all this, like, God's going to be pleased. But Paul's like, no, like, there's a new way. Jesus came to abolish and fulfill all these laws. Now, you just pretty much got to be a good person. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And they're like, they're still being very boastful. So in Second Corinthians, Paul is like writing them this letter. Like, guys, don't forget that what Jesus came to do for us. And he says in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. And it's like God speaking to us. Mm-hmm. And God's saying, my grace is sufficient for you, like, as an individual. Absolutely. And my, right? And you say, my, my, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And then there's a response that Paul is trying to teach us. And it's the latter part of the scripture that says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness yeah. so that Christ's power will rest on me. And it's literally, essentially, the formula to the power of God. Yeah. It literally is yeah. teaching us, Paul's teaching the church there, and God's teaching us through the words of Paul, that if we boast about our weaknesses, those are the moments where Christ's power will rest on us. Mm-hmm. It is like this even exchange. It's God standing on the sidelines of our lives saying, put me in, coach. Like, I want to help you. Yeah. But our problem today is that society shames us mm-hmm. for being weak, yes. for being broken. Yeah. And if there was any scheme of the enemy, right, that could hold us back, mm-hmm. it would be shame. Absolutely. Because, right, because while mm-hmm. we're all guilty, like, I mean, we are sinners, we are imperfect, but Abraham says we're imperfect, we're wise for struggle, but we're still worthy of love and belonging. Like, that's that's real. Like, we are imperfect human beings, there's only one perfect human being, you know, walk the thread that was Jesus and bada boom, bada bang. <laughs> but, it is like, we're guilty of, like, the things that we do wrong. But guilt says that I've done something bad, while shame says I am bad. Yes. Identity, yes. like literally identity snatcher. And that's what the enemy's trying to get us to do is God says that we are worthy and we have purpose. And shame says we're unworthy and we can't be used anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we need to combat the scheme of the enemy of shame and hiding and hiding our brokenness and never getting healed from it because if we can't be honest with our friends and our family and our community about where we are, then we dang sure ain't about to be honest with God. Like, we're not going to bring him something. And so I just think we got to get burst through the shame and be brave enough to be broken because when we can do that, we can start to practice that in our everyday lives with the people that's around us and putting healthy people in our lives so that we can be broken. I think then that we just start to then bring that to God in a really beautiful way. And he's like, oh, I got some power for that weakness. Yeah. Um, that's why I think it's important. I think it unlocks everything. Yeah, I agree. And it's it's somewhat of like a, a partnering up with God, like, you know, we're mm, co-laborers. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm bringing my weakness to the table. You know, and, and you're bringing your strength. Um, yeah, and we're going to work together versus, you know, one side has to be left out or my weakness is kind of overshadowing your strength or is um, tainting, for for lack of a better word, you know, that 
we sometimes believe, or I know I have believed, like, bringing weakness to the table will um, taint, you know, the, the strength that you're, that you're trying to offer. Or I would often feel guilty for needing strength. Like, I shouldn't even be weak. Like, I shouldn't have to... Yeah. Um, I, that verse for a while didn't... Inc- I felt so guilty. Like, I, of course, I was grateful. But then also, it was just that your strength, like, I shouldn't even be this weak. I don't know if that makes sense. But, like, I would yeah. always feel guilty for needing God, which is just so opposite of... <laughs> you know, of the gospel and, and what we're supposed oh, yeah. to believe, but shame will take you there. Um, you know, and feeling like you're um, imposing on God or that you are a burden to him. And, you know, all of these things are what, what shame does. Yeah. So I completely agree that broken yeah. brokenness should be celebrated and not hidden um, or not no, just, yeah. um, I mean, I, I guess, especially with church culture, um, with dealing with broken, brokenness is like this quick fix, you know, let's just, just completely just pray over and then it's gone. Like, or let's, um, just speak differently and then it'll go away. Um, and so God doesn't necessarily just get rid of our brokenness or get rid of that weak, of that weakness, but he uses it. Um, Yeah, so I just wonder, like, how much more healing would take place if we were brave enough to be broken and in a a community that talks about the gospel and talks about the power of Jesus, but we're we're not brave enough to be broken. And like you said, that's the formula for the power of God. And yeah. so it's like, if we want more power... We just have to be more brave to be broken. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of Yeah, that's what I'm taking away from that. Um, why do you feel that it's so important to have hard conversations and love anyway? I mean, we're all different. We have different beliefs. We have different backgrounds, upbringings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in a society that says, you know, it's every man for himself, man or woman for himself. Oh, yeah you know, why is it important to have these hard conversations and love and understand and, and empathize? Why is that important? Yeah, 100%. So I get the opportunity to work with and consult some really incredible organizations. Um, one of those organizations that I get to work with is called Friends of Love. And uh, the organization started about 10 years ago um, all around just Iraq and 9-11 and what we can do to help lean into the direction of our enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're still, we're still doing that work of leaning into war stricken areas like Syria and Libya, even wars and South and Central America, some of the things that's happening on the border. It's, you know, Americans that are leaning in the direction of who our society or political parties may deem our enemy, yeah. but saying, no, nope, we are together. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. says it, or has said it the best. Uh, we are caught in this inescapable web of mutuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whatever affects one yeah. directly affects all indirectly. And so now I, I get to work on these projects that's helping to bring, bridge the gap between differences, helping to essentially 
teach people how to love anyway. And I love it because while the organization Preemptive Love is not a faith-based organization, um, you know, I get the tension of, okay, well, you're a pastor. Like, you travel and speak, you yell and scream the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I've learned being connected to this organization is that um, there is such such thing as pre-evangelism. There is such thing as accepting people for their whole humanity. I mean, we saw Martin Luther King who was deemed a prophet in his day, who started off in the church having um, great conversations with Muslims and Buddhists and people from all the different nations because he understood what we should all understand understand today, even as believers, is that the way of Jesus is to lean into people who don't look, believe, or like us. I mean, we've got Matthew, the disciple, who was an ex-tax collector, everybody hated. We've got you know, ex-Jews leaning into Gentiles and teaching them this new way. And yeah. We've got this cross-pollination of people um, that can come together and celebrate all of humanity. And I think it's important for us to lean into difference and lean into loving anyway, even the people that hurt us, if we're yeah. just going to get real for a second. Yeah. Even the people that cause us trauma and pain who may not have a different belief than us, who we may have been in a relationship with. Yeah. I think it's important for us to lean in the direction of those people for so many reasons. I would say personally, because the weight or the, the, the heaviness of unforgiveness is not something you want to walk around with. No, not at all. Um, it damages you from the inside out. Um, I would say, number two, I think there's healing in being able to share stories with people that are not like us. I know for me, as I think about my brokenness, um, I have gotten to interface now with women, Muslim women in Syria, who have also been in an abusive situation, who I I got to go to Africa this uh, past summer and sat down with the student that I get to sponsor to go to school, and I looked to the left, and her mom is sitting there with a black eye because of her husband. You know, mm-hmm. and there's another there's another world that says, oh, you know, you can't connect with her story, but yeah. there's something humane about looking across from someone who doesn't believe like you, who doesn't have the, so, the same social economic class as you, and saying, man, our brokenness connects us, and I am no more worthy than you, yep. and you are no more worthy than me to receive the love of God. Yeah. We are all here in the same fight trying our best to create a new world. And then I would say high level, like our world deserves hope for peace again. Like I, yeah. I think we've all been through enough. Oh, yes. Peter <laughs> shining sea. Like we've all been through enough. Even at this point, as we're wrestling through COVID-19, we, we all deserve a shot at ending war, at yeah. finding peace and happiness in each other not from what we believe, not from what we practice, not from what we self-identify with, but when we all can lay our brokenness at the table and have those hard conversations, I just think humanity's heartbeat pumped a little faster. Yeah. I just, I believe the moral arc of the universe that Martin Luther King Jr. talked about bends a little bit more um, towards justice, and I just, I think our world needs it so bad, so bad. Yeah. That is so good. I I completely agree with all of that. Um, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast 
um, to talk about the hard stuff and to connect with people that may not have the same beliefs or, you know, like I was saying before, upbringings, backgrounds. We have so many things that are informing our beliefs, our daily decisions, our emotions um, that we don't always take into account when we're in community with other people. And, you know, there are so many misconceptions, so many misunderstandings, stereotypes, and labels, you know, that we just associate just off of first, first glance, you know, and um, sometimes we miss on miss out on amazing relationships um, because of those things. And we we associate community with just those that we like and just those that we are comfortable being around and we're not OK being uncomfortable. Um, and like you said, brokenness isn't necessarily something that naturally brings everyone together. Um, but trying to figure out where is this common ground and regardless of your belief, regardless of um, your political view, whatever it is, how can we connect on this humanity level? Um, and, it, and it speaks volume. And I've, I've been able to talk to so many different people um, with different situations and 95% of them I've never been through myself. Um, but it's amazing how you can connect with strangers. I mean, people I've never met before. Um, this is our first time talking, um, you know, and we just connect on that deep level and just to see, um, just the responses from, from, you know, people that listen, that are touched by their stories or that felt like someone understood them. Um, it's like you lay those biases aside and you really see how connected we, we really are and can be. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very beautiful thing, very beautiful thing. Um, wow, this is this has been a, a really good episode. I want you to share um, a little bit about what you do. I know you um, have the resource group, and um, you know you do, you're doing a lot of things, and all I want things. people all, all the, the things. things. <laughs> so I want people to be able to connect with you and to take part in whatever um, it is that you offer that may. Um, reach them where they are. Yeah. So I, I would say, as I started to decipher through all the different things that I do, I have three major buckets. Okay. The one bucket um, is I'm a host and speaker, and so I get to do that for my home church, uh, North Point Community Church. We have six campuses, so I get to do that um, for our campuses. It's just, you know, welcoming people out to service, speaking in different environments, communicating. Mm-hmm. Um and I get to do that on the road as well, which is crazy. Super grateful. I'm even yeah. more grateful for it now that we can't be on the road. Oh yeah. Um, and so I get to you know host and speak at major conferences for Chick Fil A, Women's Room, like Noonday, <laughs> and Moncon. Yeah, and I, I get to speak. I still do some youth stuff. I start off as a youth pastor. Still haven't let it go yet. That's I great. love youth. I love middle schoolers, high schoolers. They're just crazy and wild and they're honest and they keep you humble and young so um so I still do that so that's kind of like the host and speaker bucket and then I consult as well and so I love ideation strategy I love to take big ideas that business owners entrepreneurs visionaries have and put life to it I love the ideation portion I love developing strategy to get there and I love helping to build the teams that can execute those ideas and so um, so I get to consult, um, and then of course I'm the founder, creator of Broken Crown Still Color, this women's ministry brand, and uh, we have so many different just things going on with our 
company right now, we have a blog. We release a series every month uh, that's based around a topic, and we release three weeks of content around that topic. Of course, we have an Instagram with inspirational things and giveaways and all the fun things that women truly love. Oh, yes. We have an exclusive Facebook group called the Hopeful Woman Collective, and it's, it's totally private, and it's a space where women come and are, like, real. We, we prayer requests, we share our stories. Um, it's the space that we're trying to create in the entire world, which is a space where people can be authentically broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just love it. I mean, it, it's so amazing. And then uh, we're doing some worship nights. So we were supposed to have our first worship night on April the 24th. We had an incredible lineup of singers from Passion City Church, from Elevation Church, wow. from North Point Community Church. And we unfortunately have to postpone it until we can figure out yeah. When in the world we can meet again um, as a nation. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but we're going to do these worship nights. We're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. It's going to be truly incredible. And then we're developing a course right now, actually, that will release January 2021, um, all around finding hope in the middle of brokenness. And it is incredible. I mean, finding new community, uh, how to go to counseling, trauma treatment, what it looks like to start a new prayer life, journaling. I mean, it's, it's everything. So we've been working on that. That's great. So, yeah. So that's what's going on. That's amazing. That's amazing. Where can people find, um, I know you have the, the Facebook group. Um, what is your uh, Instagram for the Broken Crayons so people can um, check that out? Awesome. So we got kind of cute with it, and we spelled it a little different, but it's just Broken Crayons Still Color. The the um, social handle is Broken Crayons, B-R-K-N Crayons. Um, and so that's on Instagram, that's on Facebook, that's even our website URL too, Broken Crayons, B-R-K-N Crayons.com. Um, and so all the information is there. The Facebook group is called the Hopeful Woman Collective, but you can even just visit our website or our Instagram, and it'll direct you to all the different things that's happening. Awesome. And I'll have all of that in the episode description so you all can um, have easy access to that. Um, but Tony, thank you so much again for, for sure. coming on and sharing. This has been an amazing um, episode that I'm sure will touch a lot of people, but I know it's it has inspired me and just encouraged me to, you know, keep going and especially as an entrepreneur and also being active in ministry, um, trying to find how to integrate both of those together um, and yeah. be confident with it um, can often be a challenge, I know, for me. Um, so thank you just for being a part and just Absolutely. for being authentically Absolutely. you and just for what you do. You are inspiring so many people, and I just encourage you to keep going. Mm, thank you so much. I really appreciate that, truly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and make sure that you connect with Tony on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? I'd love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing the MSE Podcast Conversation Starters Deck, available at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms, bygracenp.com, and on my mobile app. 
Hope to hear from you soon.